The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Well, it's a history-making night for the Edmonton Oilers. Worst season-opening loss in franchise history. Well, it ties it. They lose 8-1 tonight to the Canucks on October 4th, 1991. They lost 9-2 in Calgary as all of oil country is covered in the foul stench of a lopsided loss. Let's see what Jay Woodcroft thinks. You, you, you know, practice these guys. You have a long camp. They have a long camp. You skate, you play preseason games and come out with a game that it looks like they just met each other in the parking lot. <laughs> How do you figure that yeah, I mean, it's not not good enough. We laid an egg tonight. Um, we all own it. We're all in uh, in this one together. And the bottom line is uh, we were at a preseason level of work ethic and a preseason level of execution, all of us. And um, we got a lesson in regular season work ethic and regular season battle level. And we were not good enough tonight. To a man, every single one of us, not good enough. Work, work ethic is the, the thing that you, you come too much. Uh, anything tactically that uh, may have been an issue for you? Well, I, I mean, I, I saw us lose a ton of battles. Um, things that normally uh, are hallmarks of our game did not show up. Um, as I said, I thought it was a, a preseason level of uh, intensity, preseason level of uh, execution. Nowhere near where you need to be in order to win a, a hockey game in the regular season in the National Hockey League. Can you explain the the reason for for the poll tonight? I mean, no, I, to a man, time. to to a man, none of us were good. Um, so, pulling, you're talking about pulling the goaltender. I mean, you know, we're at that stage and we're trying to stem the the tide a little bit, change momentum. Um, you know, in the end, uh, didn't work. Uh, we didn't get much better as the game wore on. We moved pieces around, all that kind of stuff. In the end, all of us, not good enough. Talked a lot about the importance of Matthias Ekholm since he came in. His first real game that you've gained from the counted, that uh, he wasn't in your lineup. I mean, how much of that was, was him, him not being there as a result tonight? Well, I mean, he hasn't been here all training camp. So, um, you know, like you, him not being in the lineup had nothing to do with our our level of execution or, or us losing the amount of battles that we, we lost. Is he a good hockey player? He's a great hockey player. Uh, and he's a big part of our decor. He's getting better. Um, we missed him tonight, but him not being in the lineup had n- nothing to do with what we just witnessed. I think all of us um, take accountability for it. We laid an egg, not good enough. For a team like yours, it's being there's a lot of Stanley Cup talk around your team outside your room, not inside, outside your room. Uh, can a game like this be a good coaching tool? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You know what? Uh, in the end, like I said, there's a lot of things wrong with what we just saw out there. You saw it. Our players saw it. The coaches saw it. Our managers saw it. Not good enough. Not good enough. And um, we have better. We know it. Uh, we laid an egg, get a chance to work at our game and get another crack at this team on Saturday. And you fade on Dylan Holloway. I know I haven't seen him after the game. I haven't talked to the trainers yet. But, uh, you know, I thought that was 
for a young player to put his body on the line, that's the type of commitment that, that you need, and I thought that was a positive play uh, on his behalf. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. I'm sure Jay Woodcroft would have liked to call for help during that game. 8-1 is the final for Vancouver. An absolute thrashing. Brock Besser had a natural hat trick and finished with four goals. JT Miller had a goal and four assists. The only Oilers goal was dry settle on the power play for McGee. David and Bouchard. Campbell started the game, got pulled after allowing four goals on 16 shots. Skinner went the rest of the way. He allowed four goals on 17 shots. So almost identical stats for the two goaltenders. Just a terrible, terrible game. Woodcroft said it. Kind of a preseason level of execution. We talked about desperation after the second period. The Canucks played this game like it was a, a, a playoff game. Edmonton was, I don't even know if they were in preseason mode. They might have still been in captain skate uh, level of intensity. Well, and, and I think it, if you look at the two teams, the Vancouver Canucks are a team that are trying to find their way. And over the last number of seasons, I've got off to absolutely horrendous starts to the year that have put them so far behind the eight ball that they're unable to climb back into a playoff stretch. So this is a, a team tonight in Vancouver that they understand the importance of getting off to a good start to the season. The other team, the Oilers, are a team that are many are picking to win the Stanley Cup. They picked up Connor Brown. That's going to solidify their top six. Uh, this is a team that, uh, I mean, are they going to win the Western Conference regular? Are they going to... Uh, there's so many positives being said about them that it looked as though tonight one team came in having something to prove and the other team came into the game having apparently already proved it. So the Canucks were better everywhere, all over the ice, diving for pucks, blocking pucks, diving to get pucks out of the zone. Uh, two or three times we saw Connor McDavid try to make passes, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a forward comes diving back into the passing lane. Uh, I think it was said best by Jay Woodcroft uh, that the Oilers played at a preseason level at best. And the Canucks, that was a playoff atmosphere and playoff effort. And I don't know if 8-1 is... I mean, the score might flatter the Oilers. Yeah, it was. They were bad, and, and and the one thing that we've talked about, you started it last year in the preseason. We talked about it all regular season and in the playoffs. I brought it up at the beginning of this year during the preseason. Is the Oilers can get undisciplined when they get frustrated? We saw that again tonight. Now those penalties don't mean nothing in an eight-one hockey game, but these are th habits. And I think the one thing that the Oilers have talked about going into this season is habits. They want to have habits good defensively. They want to be disciplined. All these things as they take baby steps towards the playoffs. And I think tonight, some of their habits were terrible. And the Vancouver Canucks, who have some pretty good skilled players up front, took full advantage of it. And Vancouver went three for six on the power play. The Oilers went one for four. I, I think you offered some really good perspective I mean, in Edmonton, talking to Oilers fans, we're, we've been spending most of the last couple of weeks talking about the start of the season for the Oilers, their expectations, their line combinations, their deep pairings, all that kind of stuff. But you talk about that desperation and that intensity for Vancouver, and, I mean, they've, they've had more roster changes than Edmonton, but for the players who were here the last year or two, they know... Uh, what happened earlier in the or earlier or early than the last two seasons? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked a lot about the Oilers' reaction to the elimination by Vegas. It was crushing disappointment. 
Well, the Vancouver Canucks last couple seasons probably felt embarrassing yep. to some of those players. You know, and I know they didn't control the 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 Boudreaux stuff and the coaching change, but last year the Canucks started 0-5 and two. So you're playing extreme catch up all season long. Uh, and you know you can't really catch up. And the previous year they they were three two and one after six games. Then they went three twelve and one, and were six fourteen and two, basically a quarter of the way into the season. So then you're pretty much, I mean, you're out you of might it. rally, it but, but yes. you, you're pretty much out of it. So the guys who've been there know that. So and you know they got a new coach, and we know Tockett has a good reputation, and you got to work. And uh, and they answered the bell, and I don't even think the Oilers knew where the bell was tonight. I don't even think they heard, well, they heard it. You you start going through the lineup for the Oilers, and you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in the lineup that played at the level that they're capable of playing at. You know, we're talking right from their their star players down. Um, it was a colossal mismatch out there. Uh, The battle level was nowhere near where it needed to be. And the structure that the Oilers have been preaching in preseason, and again, we're one game into the season, and at the end of the year it might not matter, but the structure that they've been preaching fell apart. When there was stress in their game today, their structure defensively fell apart. And that's something that the Oilers, to me, is the biggest thing out of this game, was the fact that when they got pushed and they found themselves running around, they didn't fall back on what they've been talking about all preseason and all training camp. They started getting into bad habits there. I mean, we, we talked about you and I after I think it was the first period, how the Oilers in the playoffs against Vegas, wide open opportunities for the opposition. We talked about it in this game where Besser, he knocks one out of the air. Well, later in the game, Besser's standing behind the goalie, deflects, unfortunate for Bouchard, lucky bounce off Bouchard's shin pad to Besser. Again, though, the Oilers had Broberg and Bouchard covering one guy, yep. and Brock Besser, the guy that already had three goals in the game, literally was standing by himself, and the puck went to a stick. He had an entire open net. So those are the things that the Oilers were trying to get out of their game, and they were ugly tonight. Yeah, they were just completely physically and mentally vacant. Mm-hmm tonight. It didn't win a lot of battles. I mean, we pointed out a play in the third period. It was, I think it was already 6-1. But a, a Vancouver player brought the puck up through the neutral zone. It was a two-on-three, and all three Oilers defenders went to him. Yep. And, and, and I mean, I guess you have a chance of at least deflecting the pass. And the, But if he gets the puck through, it's a, it's a breakaway. With you know, This should have been a two-on-three. I mean, they weren't... There was just nothing. And, and, and you mentioned, too, you know, when a lot the Oilers, how often they got beat, and then there was no second layer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say this. The first six minutes of the game, that was probably the Oilers' best six minutes. Cause oh, yes, for they, sure. They had, the shots were 4 nothing, and then I think they got to 5-2. They drew a penalty. They had a power play. And then when, you know, Vancouver was kind of late in the second period, 5-1, they, I think if there was a point in the game when Vancouver's concentration might have slipped a bit, was probably then, because mm-hmm. you're probably thinking party time a bit already for the first game. But if when an Oiler got past a Canuck, there was always another layer there. There was a, there was a stick in the way. There was a, a body in the way, and a lot of passes, a lot of shots just got deflected enough where a Vancouver player just got back in position of, oh, no, oh, no, that pass isn't there mm-hmm. anymore. Delaying, delaying the Oilers while Vancouver, uh, you know, when they had the puck. Like, again, they 
they could have got to 11 or 12 tonight. Yeah. Like, they really could have. Oh, 100%. Uh, and then, but just uh, another goal was it the two-on-one goal. Actually, was a two-on-two with uh, McLeod back-checking. He kind of falls off of it. The puck comes across. Bouchard is standing behind the goal line when... I can't remember who. I think it was Dakota put that one. I'm not even positive who There's put that one. There's too many to remember. Too many, almost, but, but, yeah. but it was just a wide open. It was like, just, I mean, to simplify the entire evening, the Oilers had zero battle level in this hockey game. Zero. The Vancouver Canucks completely won every battle that mattered tonight in this hockey game. Yeah, 8-1 is the final. 2 nothing after the first, 5-1 after the second, and then... 8-1, the final damage. Last time the Oilers lost by seven goals in the regular season was in uh, February of 2016. They lost 8-1 against the New York Islanders on the road. Uh, Jack and Bob were talking about it at the end of their show. They, they did lose a game by seven goals in the playoffs in 2017 against uh, San Jose and then won the final two games of that series to take it in six. So... Uh, but this one just uh, completely ugly tonight. Let's go back to Vancouver and hear what Captain Connor McDavid has to say. Connor, how do you break down a game like that? <laughs> um, you get ready for the next one. That's uh, what we're going to do. Obviously, you like to learn from uh, some of the breakdowns and uh, get ready for the next one. What do you think led to the primary struggle in your own zone tonight? <sighs> lots. Um, yeah, lots of things went wrong. Is it a, a, a communication? Is it not being on the same page? Um, what do you think is something that's correctable in that sense? Uh, go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Um, you know, like I said, there's lots of lessons there for us. Um, sucks that this happens on the first game of the year. You know, these nights happen. Um, sucks that it's the first one, obviously. Um, looking forward to playing them against Saturday. It's hard to, you know, you guys had captain skates a month and a bit ago, and mm-hmm. then you played preseason games in a long camp, and look forward to this game for so long, yep. and come out and lay an egg. Like, I don't know how you explain that. I don't know. You know, how do we explain it? How, what happens? Uh, yeah, me neither. Uh, you know, obviously not uh, not sure how to explain um, that start to your season. We've had great starts. Uh, you know, we've won the, the opener for the last however many years, and I guess maybe one there in the COVID year, but, um, you know, we normally play well in this game, um, and obviously we didn't didn't, uh, didn't this year. There's so much made about Jack Campbell's playing the preseason and him kind of getting things going, and it just didn't seem like there was a lot of help in front of him. Would you agree? No, that? there wasn't. No, there wasn't a lot of help. I thought uh, both, you know, we hung both of our guys up to dry, and um, never what you want to do. Yeah. Matias Ackholm is obviously a big part of this team. Did you feel like you, you guys really missed him tonight? Was he a big reason or, or a reason for the struggles in your own team tonight? Ex uh, great player, big part of our group. Um, you know, you miss uh, you miss lots of guys when they when they're not in your lineup, um, and he would obviously be one of them. This captain of the team, how would you how, like how much you dwell on this, or do you just forget about it? Do you have to? drive some points home from a night like well, this? Like I said, yeah, like I said, I mean, we obviously want to learn from it. Um, we want to, you know, see where things went wrong and learn from it, like I said, and, and, uh, and get ready to go again. You know, we play Saturday. Um, excited to play at home. Um, excited to play these guys again. Another opportunity to redeem ourselves. Any problem or any thoughts on them rolling out PP1 in a 6-1 game in the third period? They made a few decisions in the third period that I thought were interesting. Um, throwing the backup goalie in with 10 minutes left. I have not seen that. Um, it's not like DeSmith is uh, uh, 
e-bug or anything like that. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I mean, anytime you roll out the first power play unit, um, not ideal, but um, not our uh, never situation we want to be in. And, you know, obviously uh, we don't like that. Well, I mean, play better. <laughs> if you don't like it, I mean, I, I get it as an athlete. You, you might look for uh, motivation. Now, the, the TV guys mentioned that Vancouver had, had a flu bug and maybe uh, Demko decided or, or someone said, okay, this one's in the bag. You, you, yep. You've been a little sick. Uh, well, because Garland left for a while as well. Yes. So a couple players left uh, during the game. I mean, I... You know what? If you don't want the other team's best player play on the ice, don't take a dumb penalty. Yeah. If you don't want the the other team to pull a goalie during a game, well, don't fall behind by seven goals and give them that opportunity. The Oilers put their e-bug in a couple of years ago, or last, last year. year. Yeah. Last year. So, uh, I mean, to me, it's yeah, – I mean, the, the Oilers don't need any extra motivation going into game two of the season. Losing 8-1 in the home opener, I think, will be plenty of motivation that do have a much better – game number two Brock Besser had four goals interesting side note no Vancouver Canuck has ever had a five goal game I, which I is, thought I there was would have been somebody yep. they've had some pretty good players over Marcus the years Marcus Naslund has two four goal games Bobby Schmatz had two four goal games about a month and a half apart November 19th 72 and December 30th 72 uh, Rosaire Paymont had one. Rick Blight, Petri Skrico, Greg Adams, Tony Tanti, Marty Jelena, Daniel Sedin, and Pavel Bure had one four-goal game as a Canuck. Marty Jelena, I'd forgotten he was with the Canucks. February 27th, 1997 against Phoenix. Well, there you go. Yeah, you would have thought, especially in the 80s, somebody had one. They, they had no, some pretty good players. Ever got to five. Besser could have got to five tonight. Well, but they. It, well, it's funny. They they asked about the Canucks putting their number one power play unit on late. The last two power plays that the Canucks had, they didn't put their top players out there because I was looking to see if Besser was going to be out there for a chance at five. Uh, he didn't. Um, but what a night for Besser and good on him for the last couple of years. Things have not gone his way in Vancouver. Uh, he and Garland and both of those players have big nights tonight. Rob wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under 910 Campbell's save percentage tonight. It was 750. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. 8-1 Vancouver crushing the Oilers tonight. Uh, again, if you missed it earlier, this in terms of goal differential, the it equals the worst season opening loss in Oilers history on October 4th, 1991. They lost 9-2 in Calgary. Uh, they did lose a home opener 8-2 against Detroit in 97, but it wasn't the first game. It was the home opener, but not the season opener. Uh, usually the Oilers start, uh, it's actually rare for whatever reason for them to start on the road. All right, you can check in at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Miller with 90 seconds to go in the period. The outlet to Myers, a blast to save Campbell, a backhander, and another save by Jack Campbell. That one on Dee Giuseppe. Here's Miller, floated it in front. Besser booted over to Hughes, a shot, and Campbell located through traffic to make the save. 
Okay, that's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. 8-1 Vancouver throttles the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Season opener for both teams. They're going to play again Saturday at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. It was uh, the fourth hat trick of Brock Besser's career. First one since 2019. As I told you, no Canuck has ever scored five in a game. He wound up with four. Uh, what other stats were there, Rob? Oddly, now, Vancouver did score three power play goals. The Oilers' penalty killing was not good in this game. And some of the goal, long-distance goals, too, as they the Vancouver Canucks did a very good job of getting in front of the eyes of the goaltenders for Edmonton tonight and just throwing pucks on net. Uh, they got Hughes and Pedersen back there. Miller, all these guys can shoot the puck. And they were just looking to shoot past screens, and they were very good at it tonight. Oddly enough, there were some Oilers players who finished the game even. Dreisaitl, Holloway, Nugent Hopkins, and DeHarnay. The Green Jacket winner is Evander Kane at minus four. I mean, it's all ugly. Oh, they took a save away from Skinner, so now he's also 12 out of 16. So they have identical stats. Or they took a shot away from the Canucks, I guess. Well, hopefully uh, we will only see one goaltender on Saturday night for the Edmonton Oilers. It, uh, I th- said all along I thought both goalies would play this week. I thought they would be in separate games. But I did believe if Campbell got the start tonight that Skinner would get the start on Saturday night. I still think that holds true. And it'll be interesting on the other side of the, the, the ice is if Demko, I don't know if he was hurt, fatigued, sick, or if they were just taking him out of the game, whether or not he starts tonight for the Canucks on Saturday. He was very good in this game. As you said, the Oilers had a good start to the game. And Demko made some big saves in the first 10 minutes of this hockey game and gave his team some life. So that would be a big loss if Demko wasn't able to start on Saturday night. All right, 780-496-0063. We have the secret professor checking in tonight. Hey, uh, do, uh, do, you, do you live in Vancouver? I can't remember. Uh, technically, I do. Yeah, I sure do. Here, hold on. I'm just I'm going to time my call. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Thank you so much for your service. I mean, it was a blowout loss, so it's a tough night, right? Yes. What, what time are you setting at? Setting it at? Because usually, you know. <laughs> no, I'm Pacific Standard. It's 10:30 here. I mean, I, I just want to. I wanted to call in because I feel very strongly as a student of history. The secret professor must come in and speak. But feel free to cut me off at any time. I have a quick rant. I mean, you know. It's a brutal loss. It's a blowout loss. It's a catastrophic, uh, worrying, traumatic start to the season. But I'm a student of history, right? Look at the Roman Empire. We assume, oh, the Romans must have been militarily so good that they just beat everybody. That's not true. I mean, they were pretty good. But what they were really good at was just eating it and losing their entire legion to a man. And then somehow they would rally via the citizens of Rome who believed in this collective ideal. They would just rally another legion and send another one and another one and another one. You know who had really bad penalty killing? The Romans in the first uh, Punic War. The Romans in the second Punic War. The Romans in the Battle of Teutoburg Forest. But they came back. It's, it's one game out of 82. The Empire is going gonna, is gonna to carry on for another... Two million years, and then culturally, and its impact a uh, hundred times longer than that. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried. It's very difficult, but as a student of history, I'm not worried. Your thoughts, Reed, please. Well, I learned a lot, as we often do, from the secret professor. It's well, it's it's a horrible loss. I, I mean, I'm not writing off the whole season. I still think the orders are very good. I still think Campbell's going to have a good year. Yada yada yada. But it's incredibly 
disappointing for a team of this caliber to play that poorly at the, at the start of the season. I didn't even know they had hockey in the Roman years, so that really shocked me too that they <laughs> that they had that back then. I think that's where uh, Roman Hammerlick played and Roman <laughs> Czechmanic. Um, the, the thing about this game tonight, and again, I agree. I think the others have a good hockey club. Uh, they will challenge for the Western Conference uh, title over the regular season. They will challenge for the Stanley Cup. The weird thing about a game like this, teams always have a stretch during the season. The best teams have a stretch during the season where they're not good, where things go against them, where they'll have a, a blowout loss. The one that's weird about this is it's the first game of the season. This is not where you see a good team normally lay an egg. This is this is if it's mid-January, they're on the road, third and fourth night. You know they just didn't have it. But for it to be in this type of setting where it's opening night, the expectations are high. You got your goaltender that you signed the big contract coming back. He's playing well. You got this new defensive system. That's all you've talked about for the for the last three weeks. That's why it, it's an odd one because the others they. They were terrible uh, from top to bottom. They were terrible in this hockey game. Now, they could come back, and this could be a reverse score on Saturday night. This could be a 7 nothing win for the Edmonton Oilers. But to me, this is a wake-up call for the Oilers that there, there will not be any easy nights for them. When you are picked by many to be Stanley Cup champions or compete for it, the opposition knows that. They have a game plan, and they know that they got to play with desperation. The Canucks did that tonight. Look for the others to be much more desperate on Saturday. All right. 8-1 is the final. I, uh, the uh, three stars of the game, Besser, Miller, and Pedersen. No surprise there. We give it a fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I'm not giving one out tonight. Yeah, I will. I'll give Dylan Holloway a star. Anyone that lays down twice to block shots when you're down 8-1 in a hockey game deserves I thought Holloway I thought that line he might have been one of their better players yeah the the McLeod Fogel Holloway line actually was by far the best line for the others now the bar was low in a game tonight but I I, I give I give credit Holloway and unfortunately was hurt hopefully it's not serious yeah Um, but he did leave favoring his hand but he blocked two shots that's the one thing about blocking shots now I'm no expert on it I didn't enjoy doing it when I had to do it, and I was very good at getting out of the way at times. But when a puck is coming, your natural instinct, if it's missing your body, is to try and get it with your hand. And that's what he did. He, the puck was going to miss his body. He put his hand in the way. And uh, the one thing that Myers can do is shoot the puck. He is a big man. I hope it is just a bad bruise or something along that line, but it's not good when Dylan Holloway did, be did not come back. That would be tragic if he's out again after missing time last year and how he played in the Yeah, and, and for it to happen the way it did. So, I mean, fingers crossed that we see Dylan Holloway sooner rather than later, but, yeah, he just hates him. But to me, yeah, he's, he's the one guy on this team that will get a star just for the two blocks he made. All right. 8-1 Vancouver. Here is Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse. You, uh, how do you describe that, Darnell, in your words? Uh, no, simply just wasn't good enough throughout, uh, throughout the full game. They brought a higher level of compete. Um, yeah, we're able to convert on their, their chances that they had, so just uh, not good enough from us. You, like the season opener, there's a lot kind of excitement going to the air. Like, how do you explain kind of the letdown, I guess, of, of, of a game like this? Yeah, obviously you want to come out and be firing um, and get the win and obviously not losing that sort of fashion. Um, 
and uh, I said we, we weren't getting enough out there, and they converted on their chances, made their plays, and um, you know we got to look back. We got to be a whole lot better on on Saturday. Nice to be able to play them again in a couple days, I imagine. It's just nice to play again after one of those. You just want to play uh, as fast as possible. So um, for us, we regroup. Could be a lot better. Your own, sorry, to interrupt. In your own zone, you guys looked like a team. I don't know, maybe trying to figure out a new system. Uh, you looked like you were thinking instead of just reacting. Is that a fair? Uh, I mean, we've been playing the system for you know, over a month now, so um, I think, yeah, you're still ironing out, ironing out kinks, but uh, I think we're all smart enough in this room to, to be able to adapt and, and play better like that in our, in our own zone. I feel like you, you missed Matias back home tonight. Yeah, obviously, he's a really good player, so uh, anytime you have an important piece of your team out of the lineup, uh, you're going to miss him. Just, it's just odd. Like, you guys are a good team. You play lots of good big games. You're not, no one's nervous. Uh, you play together for eight preseason games, a long captain skate. You're a veteran team, and you come out and lay an egg like this. It, it's hard to explain. How do you? How do we explain it? Uh, I don't know. That's for you, Jacob, right? Um, for us, I mean, I, like, like I said, we're... We need to get back, regroup. Um, no, this isn't our whole season. It's one game, but at the same time, we got to know that uh, our game has to be a whole lot better for one win this league. There was a lot made about Jack Campbell's performance in the preseason and, and all that, and just in front of him, it didn't seem like you guys were gave him enough. Did you, did you feel about no, that? No, we, yeah. we didn't give him enough at all. Uh, we didn't give skins enough either, so um, that's on us. Thanks, Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, this wasn't a goaltending loss by any means, uh, and I, I know... Uh, there's some questions there. Well, did you miss Ekholm? Look, Ekholm's great. He's not worth nine goals <laughs> or seven, whatever he needed to well, swing it tonight. Vancouver had three regulars out of their lineup tonight too. So, uh, yeah, no, this was uh, this was not because Ekholm wasn't in the lineup. This was because the Oilers that did dress tonight did not come with a compete level that was good enough to play against a good or uh, a good national hockey league team so no uh echo out of the lineup hurt the 20 guys that played tonight hurt more quinn hughes three assists plus three played 21 38 which is for him a little bit of a lighter night so that's nice for vancouver and yeah demko didn't finish the game uh he missed about the last 12 minutes and we we think it might possibly be perhaps uh flu related or something like that but uh to smith finished the game and uh, stopped all five shots. He faced Demko, stopped 21 out of 22. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. Devin is on hold. Hi, Devin. Go ahead, please. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. A um, couple things. First of all, that history lesson was a lot more interesting than the game was tonight, <laughs> unfortunately. I agree. Um, and uh, secondly, um, I don't. There's a video going around on Twitter about a play during tonight's game. Um, I think it was Pedersen who uh, who hit Cece, I believe it was. Yep. And uh, he actually left his feet. And it was clear that he was charging him, but nobody called any. I don't even think anybody said anything about it. No, it, that was a clean hit. I mean, if you watch the the hit McDavid hit, I, I can't remember who it was early in the game. Heronic. Heronic. He left his feet too, and oh, it's okay. so. I mean, leaving your feet. A lot of players, as they finish check, their feet come off the ice. The Pedersen hit was a clean hit. 
100 percent clean hit and it was a good hit that's something that we saw in the preseason too Pedersen a couple times throwing big hits the thing that you see more in the National Hockey League now than you have in, in the past is the star players leading physically Connor McDavid does it Leon Dreisaitl does it we've seen more out of it from Pedersen uh, it, it forces the rest of the team to, to follow along if your star players can hit well then obviously the rest of the players can do it too but no that hit was it was a clean hit no one on the Oilers went after Pedersen they understood it was uh, I think it just surprised Cody Ceci and he was kind of down on the yep. play so no it was a, it was it, he he sent him flying I'm not trying to defend a player who jumps when he hits but a lot of times with slow motion the skates mm-hmm. often are a little bit off the ice at the point of contact there are ones you can tell where obviously a player's thinking okay I'm gonna maybe hurt this guy and you can see them actually mm-hmm. bent by the way just point of language here you don't leave your feet your feet are attached to your legs your feet leave the ice that is true that is a good point um, if you left now, your, now I'm going to think if about you left every your, time I say If you it. left your feet, that would be quite a bad injury. Well, I think some of the others may have left their feet in the dressing well, room. Well, that's a, a, that's, a, that's a true point. That's <laughs> a good point if you if we want to use have fun with the uh, language tonight. But uh, yeah, well, the one the, the the one thing we see that I think is out of hand, and we saw it tonight, and both teams did it. And I know if my dad is still up, I don't know, he's not a night owl, but uh, he, my dad complains about it all the time, and it bugs me too, is the cross-checking. Yep. There's, and it, it seems to be the closer a player is to the other team's net, the more cross-checking is. I mean, Hyman got drilled. Yeah, and he actually got drilled uh, right into the backboards. And then I can't remember, it might have been Nuge that hit somebody, cross-checked somebody yep. close to the, uh, shortly after that, because then I was kind of watching for it. So it's not, and this this is around the NHL. It, it's not just the Oilers that do it or have it happen to them. And I find that frustrating sometimes, because you should be rewarded for having good body position by the other yep, team's net. Yeah, 100%. So... Anyway, that's probably something we'll talk more about after other games. But uh, 8-1 Vancouver takes it tonight. Cruising throughout, uh, we have Alex on hold as well. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hi there, guys. How are you? Well, here's call number one of the five you're allowed, right? So go ahead. I know. So I'll... Uh... <laughs> by by, well, by got, your wife, not by ad- us, I, to clarify. Yes. Well, I've got a lot of adjectives. And uh, the first one, obviously, is lazy, selfish, immature, Prima Donnas. I mean, uh, I don't want to go on and on. I think you guys know what I'm getting at. That was just completely pathetic. That wasn't uh, professional hockey out there, that's for sure, and and uh, very disappointing. But you know what? You're, I'm glad it happened the first game. I'm going to tell you how I felt. When it was 4 nothing. even when they got the power play goal, Drysdale, and then when they made it 5-1, Hate to say it, but I was hoping they were going to get piled on. I was I was loving it when it was six one seven one eight one, and the reason why is because I hope these guys look at look at themselves in the mirror and grow up. It's game one, I know that, but come on, from top to bottom, you're you're expect you know I mean I don't know. So this is my one out of five guys. Okay. <laughs> I've got four left. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the word Robin I used was was desperation. I mean, may, you may use intensity. He used, I can't remember all the ones he said, but a lot of words fit to them. I mean, they just they were just absent. I mean, they yeah. might, might as well have sent Bakersfield and said, "Hey, why don't you guys get one game each in as the Oilers, and then we'll take over on Saturday." I mean, it was just well, they it, were just out of it. That was probably one of the worst performances we've seen the Oilers. 
put together in the last four or five years, six years. Well, like, I, I like I, you saw me going through the yeah. third period trying to find because I was trying to remember the worst losses. Uh, I mean, even that game they lost nine five to Calgary, which people weren't happy about in March of 2022, which isn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that game, remember, it was six five, and the Oilers had an open net to tie it, and I think Markstrom yeah. made a great save. I mean, even that game, they were sort of in the game, even though it wound up yeah. This was nine one. Five. This was one they were not in right from the, well from the first six minutes of the game on. It was all Vancouver Canucks. I mean, the ga- the game in Montreal was bad last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just tr- looking it up again. They lost seven two at Carolina last year in November. They lost seven five to Winnipeg. They lost 7-4 in Toronto. Uh, they lost a game 6-2 to Dallas at home. I think that was one when Campbell was down on himself after the game. I mean, the, the one that stands out from last year was that 6-2 loss to Montreal. It wasn't as many goals, maybe, as that loss to Carolina, but Montreal was a lousy team, and the Oilers were just kind of like tonight. It's like, who are these guys? But then right? again, and the, but that goes to what I was saying earlier, where you can see games like that. They happen all the time. Every team has a, a, a night that it's a blowout the opposite way, but it's usually in the middle of a long – or at the end of a long road trip or in a month where there's been illness running through your team or you've just had this really good stretch, and all of a sudden one night everything goes wrong. The reason this one is more noticeable because it's opening night mm-hmm. of a of a season where many expectations or many expect that the others are going to have a big year, where at the end of the season they are holding a Stanley Cup or going to be on the ice when it's presented. So that's why I think this was so surprising and so disappointing. Scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Oil Kings had a rough night as well, losing 7-0 to the Saskatoon Blades. Maple Leafs win a thriller against the Canadians, 6-5 in a shootout. Boston beats Chicago 3-1. Bedard scored his first. Hurricanes over the Senators, 5-3. The Flames win 5-3 over the the Jets. Pardon me. Uh, Avalanche win 5-2 at Los Angeles and uh, right here on 630 Chit 8-1 the Canucks over the Oilers uh, Canucks 3 for 6 on the power play Dreisaitl scored the Oilers goal on a power play I mean great goal but we're not even talking about it <laughs> the patented sharp angle one timer Edmonton 1 for 4 power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there visit one of Conlon Motorsports four locations across Alberta or online conlonmotorsports.ca we will uh, get in uh, one or two more calls here before we sign off. we got to take a break. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. It is Vancouver by a touchdown tonight. 8-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. An absolute blowout loss for the Oilers to start the season. You'll hear from Brett Kulak here in a second, but let's bring Joseph onto the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Joseph. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Not bad. Well, good, I guess. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to watch the Oilers in the early years, and I actually went to one Stanley Cup celebration in Edmonton. And um, I think, Rob, you might understand what I'm getting at. When you're young kids and you see all the media saying how great you are, Sometimes you just let down your competitive spirit because you're going to win. And I, I just think that's what happened tonight. Like, anyway, that's, that's what I think. But. Yeah, I 
I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose any explanations. Is, uh, I'm just going to say this as a member of the media. I don't think they listen to my show inside sports every night. <laughs> I would I would love it if as many people as possible did. They certainly aren't listening to the face-off show because they're getting ready for the game and going out on warm-up. I, I mean, I, I I don't know, Rob. Did they did they believe their own hype tonight, or was this well, just uh, they they played like it? But this is I mean, the caller talked about a young team. This isn't a young team. This is a a, a weather team. It's been a a team that has been to the playoffs and felt disappointed is what it I think the scar tissue they have on this team now this is supposed to be a team that is in the prime of their careers so uh, they've talked a lot uh, and uh, they get a lot of questions about it with the coaching staff and the players are do you what how are you looking at the outside world talking about you winning championships and they keep saying this is a day-by-day thing um, but this did look like a game where one team uh, felt the importance of this game more than the other. The Canucks understood what it means to get off to a good start in the season. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers didn't. So I don't know if they believe the hype. I don't know if they just felt that the first four or five minutes of this game they were running around and it was uh, it was going to be an easy night. But they did not have a battle level even close enough no. to what they need to win a hockey game. Yeah. I mean, they... A lot of the pressure they've they've put on themselves. Yep. And you know, I was on our morning show today with Stacy and Daryl, and, and Stacy kind of asked me that. You know, like pressure can be crippling sometimes. And I said, well, it. it but you have to deal with it, right? That's part of winning, and it, it shouldn't be for this team. And I th- and I think a lot of the expectations, and if you want to call it pressure, are are put on the Oilers by themselves. I mean, I I. I I don't think they need, and I, and I understand what it can be like in Edmonton. There's there's tons of media. Mm-hmm. There are you know, like literally hundreds of thousands of Oilers fans in the city, and then millions across the country, and as we know across the world. So you can't avoid knowing that you're being talked about and that people think you're good. But I don't think anybody knows their potential more than they do. Yes, I don't. I don't think they need the media telling them they're good or fans. The others yeah. know they're good. Like Connor is going to sign 300 autographs tomorrow. He doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he's. Uh, he's. I'm sure he's friendly. Do they have their autograph thing tomorrow? It's a West Hampton. Oh, that's yeah. just a horrible, be, horrible just, day to have not that a, not for a great them. Night to have it. No, but no. But he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't need somebody to uh, no. somebody to say, "Hey, Connor, I think you guys can win it all this year." Like he's thinking, like, "Oh no, I." They know. I, I know. He's thinking. Damn so, right I mean, can. and again, it's one game, and yeah, and it's worse at the start of the yeah, year. Just because it's to noticeable. To. Yeah. yeah. So if if the middle of the oh, an eleven nothing Hartford Wheeler brought up the box score, February twelfth, nineteen eighty four. Hartford eleven, Edmonton. Didn't nothing. Pat Hughes have four goals in that game for the Hartford Whalers? I'm gonna throw that out there. See if I if I can do a Bob Stoffer. If I am I uh, even close? No. No. Oh. I don't even know if Pat, Pat Hughes, Hughes played, played for, for Edmonton in that game. Okay, he was minus four. There you go. That's probably a better. Um, no, good teams have bad games. The Oilers are a good team, and they had an absolutely horrible game. Ron Francis had four goals and an assist. I saw him the other night in the press box. Old oh, yeah, teammate, you got to talk to him. Yeah, old yeah. teammate and linemate of mine when I was with Hartford and, again, in Pittsburgh. One of the nicest people you'll ever meet. All right, but I, 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 having said that, I mean, for Joseph's call, I guess any theory is as good as any other one <laughs> on a night like this where it seems a little inexplicable that they could uh, they could be that bad. Let's see what Oilers defenseman Brett Kulak has to say. I didn't explain coming out with a game like that. You've been looking forward to playing this opener for a long time, and everybody's not that good. What happens? Yeah, it's... Uh 
it's a big gut punch for sure, and there's not not much you can say about it. It's just you know we got to focus, get ready for practice tomorrow, and and be ready for the team uh, Saturday, and that's that's about all you can do now. You guys have been together for a long time here, like captain skates for early and camp was long and eight preseason games and you looked like a team that was somehow not ready to play. I don't know how you could be not ready to play in this game, but from upstairs you look like a team that wasn't ready to play. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's fair. I think everyone's everyone's ready to play. We're eager to play game one and everyone's in here preparing and excited to go and it, it comes out and, you know, that was the outcome that happened and it's, it's we, we would like to restart the clock and start the game over, that's for sure, but the reality is we can't do that, and we got to move on to game two. A lot of, seemingly a lot of missed coverages. How much of that was on kind of the new system you guys are trying to play, and how much of that is just on guys in general and missing assignments? Yeah, I think, you know, Vancouver did a good job. They played fast. They got got in behind us, but, yeah, it's, it's on us. We need to play our structure and play sound and be stronger and, and keep the puck to the outside and eliminate the dangerous uh, scoring chances, and uh, we didn't do that tonight. First real game you guys have played without Matthias Ackholm since he was... Uh since he was acquired, how how did that change? Do you think the the setup or the makeup of your your defense court? Well, he's obviously a great great player and a valuable piece of the team, and and you miss him a lot when it happens. You know, it's uh, it's you don't rely on one guy to carry you all the time, and that's that's for sure. But uh, it'll it'll be nice to have him back. Right. How much do you dissect a game like this, or do you just kind of park it and move on? Yeah, I think with how the turnout was, it was so drastic. You you got to park that and move on and. It's everyone's upset about it, obviously. And uh, if anything, you take it, and I think it woke everyone up. How did you feel personally, ha- having missed the back half of the preseason schedule? Uh, I felt good. Legs were there, and you know we've been skating hard and preparing like like we should do, and we we're happy with our preparation. And yeah, it was a, a strange game tonight, and yeah, we're not happy about it. Did the Canucks come out stronger than you thought, maybe? No, it's it's the NHL. Every team is prepared and, and ready to go and aiming to be at their best. So we know what team they are. They're a skilled, fast team, and uh, they made us pay tonight. All right. Yeah, the Oilers paid dearly. 8-1 Vancouver is the final. If you're interested, you can get more on the game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. I have a feeling this game story might not get a lot of hits. Here's what's going on tomorrow. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from 5 to 7. I'll have inside sports from 7 to 8. We are both going to be live from West Edmonton Mall as the Oilers are having their autograph session from 6 to 8 p.m. Saturday, we have a doubleheader of live sports on this station. Countdown to kickoff at 12.30. Elks and Alouettes at 2. Face-off show at 6.30. Oilers and Canucks at 8. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey, as always, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Hardland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.